Hello and welcome into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Thank you for watching us on the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel and Red Voice Media, and for listening on New Hampshire Family Radio WLMW 90.7 FM Manchester, New Hampshire, KKVV Radio in Las Vegas, Real Talk 93.3 The Voice of Freedom in St. Louis, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like us on your station, email us at Taryn at WeThePatriotsUSA.org. All month long in November, we appreciate you tuning in to our uh, special edition episodes of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, all surrounding the film Shot Dead, which we premiered on November 9th. And we have just been so humbled by your outpouring of support here this month. This month, you all heading to shotdead.org, watching the full-length film and sharing it with your friends. It's the biggest way you can support it. But we also wanted to include and show you guys these uh, full-length interviews because they're so powerful standing alone. So much of it you don't even see in the film. You know, so much, uh, only a little bit gets into the film. So um, we wanted to showcase to you guys through Faithful Freedom these interviews as standalones. But I can't emphasize enough to everyone watching that they are even more powerful when you see it all together in our film. It's just an hour and it's an hour that is worthy of your time to hear these families. You're going to hear today from Dr. James Thorpe and his interview and the information that he discloses is um, it's heartbreaking. It is infuriating, quite frankly, and um, it will make you want to help seek justice for these families. But to hear from the families themselves that he's speaking about in this film, even more powerful. So go to shotdead.org to view the full documentary um, after, of course, you listen to our full length episode with Dr. Thorpe in today's episode. This episode is brought to you by The Carnivore Bar, providing a fuel source for ancestral carnivore, paleo, and keto eaters who value their on-the-go autonomy without sacrificing quality nutrition. For 10% off, use code WETHEPATRIOTS at carnivorebar.com. That's WETHEPATRIOTS with an S at carnivorebar.com for 10% off. Where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives, asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers, educating ourselves and forging a new path forward. Hear from real people faithfully pursuing freedom. This is Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. What I've seen that I think is a grave concern to me over the last three years is a myriad of very adverse obstetrical outcomes and adverse infertility issues. I'm a board-certified obstetrician gynecologist and board-certified maternal fetal medicine physician. I've seen way over 26,000 patients just in the last four years or so. Um, and I've been doing this for 44 years now. So I do have my fingertips on the pulse of obstetrical outcomes, not just in the United States of America, but really the whole world, because I, I have a lot of colleagues uh, on most of the other continents sharing data in this regard. Now, what we saw in 2020, when of course we were um, severely affected in the United States of America, 
severely affected. Um, so what, what I saw was I did not see obstetrical outcomes uh, that were adverse in 2020. In fact, what I did do was I took the national statistics, the stillbirth rate from Statista, official government stillbirth rates from the United States of America. And what I did, I wanted to look at this excuse that a lot of researchers and my fellow colleagues are alleging that, oh, it's not the vaccine causing the problems, it's really just COVID-19 infection. After all, in 2020, we had a record number of deaths. We had more deaths in the United States of America than, than any other country, which in of itself is very interesting and a grave concern that we can come back to. But let's talk about that stillbirth rate. Stillbirth rate is quantitated in, on Statista by vital statistics in the United States of America as a number of fetal deaths or stillbirth, um, and that's the same term. Now, a stillbirth or a fetal death and miscarriage are mutually exclusive. They're totally different by definition. A miscarriage can only occur before 20 weeks gestation. That is 20 weeks from the first day of the last normal menstrual period if a woman has a regular cycle. But on the other hand, uh, most of the miscarriages actually occur before 13 weeks. Um, and, and, you know, a, a, a miscarriage rate should be around the range of 4% in a clinical practice. Um, I know that you'll read in the textbooks that it's a normal is, you know, 12 to 15%, but that is a ideologue that has been repeated for decades in the obstetrical literature, and it's just not accurate. Um, in a booking visit, um, those who get a booking visit, their first obstetrical visit, um, the risk of those people having a miscarriage thereafter is four or five percent. And you know, you can quote that. I can quote that from many of my colleagues around the country. It's, it's not 13 percent. But now fetal death rate, we measure when there's a baby dies at or after 20 weeks, and that's very important definition. And that's why many of these non-obstetrical researchers um, and non-maternal fetal medicine researchers um, trying to analyze these data make a lot of grievous, uh, some of them not purposeful, but they, they're just not, you know, I have these PhDs and trying to do survival curve analysis on pregnancy. That just is worthless. It, they, they don't understand the definitions. They confuse um, terms. Um, a lot of the stuff that's been written in that regard, um, actually, my um, soon-to-be nine-year-old grandson could do a better job than, than what some of these people have put out. And, and I do really mean that. He's a, a brilliant um, mathematician, and they just can't do simple statistics. So I, I do have a problem with what's being reported um, from the mainstream media, and, and we can talk about that a little bit, but then... Um, the risk of menstrual abnormalities is just uh, unparalleled in my career, and the risk uh, of miscarriages. Now, getting back to the um, variables that are potentially confounding, um, and, and as I was alluding to earlier, the, the risk of a stillbirth 
Here's a crucial question. Did it go up in 2020? In 2020, when the vaccine was not out, was there an increase? There wasn't a decrease in number of births. Was there an increase in the rate of, of stillbirth in 2020? If COVID-19 in of itself did cause an increase in the stillbirth rate, then, then we should see it in 2020. So what I did was I uh, aggregated three years of data, 2017, 2018, and 2019. Not Jim Thorpe's data, not Peter McCullough's data, not anybody else's data, not your government's data from Statista. And when I aggregate those three years, uh, 2017, 2018, and 2019, the stillbirth rate was 5.83 per thousand. So it's a rate. It doesn't change with changing numbers of births because it's a birth rate. So in the denominator of that birth rate is live births and stillbirths, or live births and fetal deaths, same thing. But in the numerator, then, is the number of stillbirths that there actually were. So 5.8 per thousand total births is the accurate number. Well, what happened in 2020 when we had the greatest number of deaths in the United States of America and around the world from COVID-19? Did the stillbirth rate go up? Did it stay the same? Or did it go down? Well, it went down. It went from 5.83 per thousand down to 5.74 per thousand. So that's not Jim Thorpe's statistics. That's your government statistics. And from here on out, I'd be very careful what your government is telling you um, because they're being uh, manipulated, not just in the United States and Canada, but all over the world, and we have proof of that now. Um, we're late for our stillbirth data from 2021. Why are we late? or 2022, it's not even reported. I'll tell you why it's late. It's being manipulated, just like it was in Canada. In my clinical practice, again, the huge volume, I, I started having very significant concerns after the rollout of the vaccine. That's when I saw all my uh, damages, death, and destruction. And, and you know, um, Taryn, I, I think that the, the clinical observations would bear that out. Thank you for tuning in to this special edition of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson featuring the full-length interview with Dr. Thorpe that was in our film Shot Dead, which premiered on November 9th. The, the response has been incredible. Um, and if you haven't seen it yet, you got to see the whole film at shotdead.org. Or if you haven't shared it with anybody yet, um, please share shotdead.org with people. Um, we'll be back in just a moment on Faithful Freedom. Today's case spotlight comes to you from We the Patriots USA. They are vowing to hold these COVID shot manufacturers liable for fraud in the EUA applications. On October 23rd, just days before the completion of this film, We the Patriots USA broke the news that it intends to file litigation against Pfizer for its failure to disclose the presence of contaminants in the shots to the regulatory authorities or the public in seeking emergency use authorization. Two of the families that are featured in our film Shot Dead have already agreed to be plaintiffs in that litigation. We the Patriots USA is asking for your help to stand up for these children and so many others who have been shot dead. Join the fight to get justice for the victims by making a donation at wethepatriotsusa.org.
Thank you so much. And welcome back into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. We appreciate your support behind this film, Shot Dead, which you can view or share with others at shotdead.org for free on demand all month long. We are giving you the full length interviews from um, each episode of Faithful Freedom is a full length interview from this film because, you know, so much of it doesn't get into the movie. Um, today, you're hearing from Dr. Thorpe, OBGYN, whistleblower, one of the only dissenting voices um, out there fighting for pregnant women and the truth behind these shots. You know, I was on um, a conference call just earlier this week, a research conference call with uh, one of our My Cycle Story, uh, um, actually not My Cycle Story, it, it's a offshoot of the My Cycle Story, but Tiffany and, and um, Tiffany Parato, the founder of My Cycle Story, and, and also uh, Dan McDyer, uh, Dr. Dan McDyer, incredibly brilliant, um, um, very experienced obstetrician from here, your, your neck of the woods here, uh, Taryn, I think he's up in Jacksonville. And then Kimberly Biss, also very experienced, is over in St. Petersburg. Um, they too have come forward with, with the exact same data that I've come forth with in their clinical settings here. Uh, now they're general OBGYN doctors, and they've 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 reported that. So I, I think it's um, I think that they've seen the same thing, Taryn, that I've seen. There's there's no question that uh, fetal malformations have increased. Now, when we talk about fetal malformations, let's just <clears throat> we talk about fetal malformations, but you know de, the term fetus is, is a preborn, and and some people use fetus and embryo interchangeably. And when does an embryo turn into a fetus? You know, it's in the eyes of the beholder. What we do know is that most of the malformations that occur, not, not all of them, they can develop after 13 weeks, but pretty much by 13 weeks is when we are most concerned with fetal malformations. And there's no question in my mind. Uh, you know, we have published that in our paper, Thorpe et al., uh, you know, with the seven um, authors that, that you're familiar with, uh, seven, seven incredible uh, authors, each with their own expertise. So, so we found a massive increase uh, with that. It's malformations of all organ systems, Taryn, even unusual ones, and also an increased risk of chromosomal abnormalities. And of course, in that first 20 weeks, uh, one of the more common miscarriages that, that we've seen is, uh, I'm sorry, malformations, which we've seen is called cystic hygroma, and there's definitely a safety signal with cystic hygroma, um, uh, or a danger signal using the criteria. Now, there's other uh, much more rare malformations. Um, you know, for example, let's take congenital diaphragmatic hernia. Now, congenital diaphragmatic hernia is a very, very serious malformation. Um, so serious that if it's not identified prior to birth, and mom needs, uh, is, delivers unprepared and unknowingly in a regular hospital, it's pretty much, um, unfortunately, um, we're going to lose that baby after birth. Because what happens is that the diaphragm usually is, the diaphragm is the muscle right about here on my body. And the diaphragm separates the chest cavity from the abdominal cavity. And the diaphragm, when you take a deep breath in, the diaphragm goes down and it creates a vacuum in your lungs and it sucks air, right? 
And so even in the womb, babies breathe. Now they're breathing in and out water or amniotic fluid, or to be more accurate, it's breathing in and out its own waste material, its own pee, uh, if you will. Um, and that's crucial for lung development. And it's crucial that if there's a hole in the diaphragm, when that negative intrathoracic pressure goes up, when that baby breathes, all the gut and all the bowel goes up in the chest. And usually uh, the, the type of malformation of the diaphragm is called a botched Dalekian hernia. And that occurs on the right side, way back posterior. And, um, and it's usually on, on the left diaphragm. So when that baby, every time that baby takes a breath, the, that gut migrates up there, where the entire gut ends up being up here instead of down here in the abdomen because there's a hole in the diaphragm. Well, that will impart uh, a very high lethal risk because all that bowel pushes that left lung over to the right side, pushes the heart over the right side, and the baby's lungs won't develop. And if you don't fix that and you don't prepare for that after birth, those babies will die. And there's a high mortality rate. Congenital, have I seen that in my practice? Well, the, the fact of the matter is that even with me seeing so many high-risk OBs, a rare malformation like that that's going to have an event rate, uh, just choose one. Say it's one in 10,000. That's 10 to the minus four. Um, that's pretty rare. I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, in the entire United States of America, you're talking about only, yeah, whatever, uh, 30 uh, 3.5 million births a year, 3.8 million births a year, you're probably looking at, you know, only 100 or so uh, of, of those, uh, a couple hundred per year. So those would be very rare. Now, I have um, heard, um, actually last year I, I did hear, and I don't, I don't, I won't report this data because I can't, I can't, um, verify it and I can't validate it, but I did have some very, very strong connections with this hospital and the board of directors is a major city hospital. And I won't really even mention where it is, but um, allegedly last year, early last year, uh, I am told that there were six or seven babies at the same time in the neonatal intensive care unit. Now that is a statistical anomaly. But I, I had connections to the board of directors and to the staff there, um, personal connections. Despite several attempts, nobody at the hospital would uh, comment on it. Thank you for watching today's special edition, Shot Dead edition of Faithful Freedom featuring the full length interview with Dr. Thorpe. We'll be back in just a moment. But first I'm gonna tell you more about the wellness company, which Dr. Thorpe is um, been working, has been working with just over the past couple months here, just teamed up with them here recently, because, you know, in fact, over 40% of Americans say they would avoid a doctor or a hospital unless it was a catastrophic event. So that's why Dr. Thorpe, Dr. Peter McCullough, and so on have come together to form the wellness company to build a parallel system. And now they have these medical emergency kits with eight potentially life-saving medications for you to keep on hand in times of need. The kit, you know, it, it has emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics to help keep you and your family safe. 
It also includes a comprehensive guidebook, so you never have to guess how much to take or when to take it. Head to twc.health slash WTPUSA and get code WTPUSA to save 10% off at checkout. That's twc.health slash WTPUSA, code WTPUSA for 10% off. Welcome back into a special Shot Dead edition of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. You know, all month long, we are talking about the film, the documentary that we put out early in November, and we just are so grateful for the support, Dr. James Thorpe and whistleblowers and other experts and the families. We are showcasing to you the full-length interviews here on my show, Faithful Freedom, all month long because, you know, their full interviews didn't make it into the entirety of the documentary. It's just an hour long. Check it out at shotdead.org. But for now, here is Dr. James Thorpe. Um, but let's just go through a numbers game. It, if you have a an event rate from a malformation that is that rare, just say it's one in 10,000. Some people might argue that. That's fine. Pick, pick your number. Uh, but that's one in 10,000. What is the chance of that? Two of those babies would be in the same hospital at the same time. Well, guess what? That's one that's 10,000 times 10,000. So, you know, you're looking at, um, you're looking at like 20 million, 10 million, somewhere in that range. Well, what happens if you have three cases? Well, it's, it's just simple Boolean statistics. You know, 10, you, you go, you know, 10 to the fourth for two of them, it's gonna be one in 10 to the uh, minus eighth. If there's three of them, 10 to the minus 12th. If there's four of them, 10 to the minus 16th. If there's five of them, 10 to the minus 20th. If there's six of them, 10 to the minus 24th. Human beings don't even have the ability to cognate. That, that's it. When you get above an odds uh, uh, risk of 10 to the minus 17th, even 10 to the minus 12th, virtually it doesn't occur by chance alone, period. Now, there's obviously some, some confounding variables in there, like, for example, well, what if everybody in the country just all of a sudden decided to send all their congenital diaphragmatic hernias to one place? Okay, did that happen? I mean, I don't think so. But for your viewers, 10 to the minus, let's talk about 10 to the 17th power. Nobody conceives what unbelievable number that is. Remember, we're at 10 to the 24th, 10 to the 17th power. You can take the footprint of the state of Texas, the square miles, the largest, one of the largest states, uh, huge state, bigger than most countries in the world, right? And you take silver dollars and you fill it up 24 feet, 24 inches high in the state of Texas with silver dollars from all the way from both borders, all and you send a blind man in there with a blindfold on and say, well, you know, what's the chances of one in 17, 10 to the minus 17th power? Just walk on over to Texas and with your mask on and pick the one silver dollar that we've marked. It's, it's not going to happen, right? You get the idea. Those numbers are astronomical. So the, the chance that if that's true, and I couldn't get it confirmed, and I, so, Unless I can verify it, I don't believe it, but I, that allegedly occurred last year, 
and I have done a safety signal check in the CDC FDA data. Actually, Taryn, you and I did that uh, together last week uh, as you um, urged me to do that again um, <clears throat> since I did it about a year ago. And I, I'm not done doing it. There, there does look like there may be a danger signal, but the fact of the matter is, is that it's such a rare um, diagnosis that I, we need to do further research and pull all those cases out. But, but there is no doubt that there is an increase in all malformations. And it shouldn't surprise anybody, N nobody at all, because probably the foremost expert in the world, maternal fetal medicine doc, is, his name is Roberto Romero, and, and I, uh, he's um, a very brilliant researcher, and he's done research on inflammation and pregnancy for five decades. He's a, I mean, really, really um, remarkable investigator and researcher. And like just quoting his own work, and I know him, and, um, and I've, you know, he's in my genre, and his um, work on inflammation, even supported by the government, the NIH and the C, all these, Anything that causes inflammation is a death knell for pregnancy. Inflammation, as Dr. Romero has proven now over the last 50 years, any substance that causes inflammation in pregnancy, it's a death knell to every organ system. You know, I think that most women that have had the vaccine and most doctors that have seen the vaccine, I've been stating that since the vaccine was rolled out uh, over two years ago. Why do I say that? you wouldn't believe the inflammatory response that you get. I mean, every woman knows that. I mean, they, I mean, I've got, you know, nieces and stuff. And, you know, I mean, everybody knows that, you know, there's breast enlargement after the vaccine. There's a massive increase in lymph nodes all over the body, so much so that a woman can't get a mammogram. It'll be a falsely positive. I've never seen such massive lymph nodes in many patients that got the vaccine all over their body. It's the most inflammatory substance that has, in, in my experience, has ever occurred in the history of human beings. I've, and I've been saying that for two years and nobody's challenged me on that. So apparently nobody disagrees with me. Maybe if, if any of our viewers disagree with me, I, I, show me another substance, I don't know it. So I go through all that iteration just to emphasize that if you're gonna, pick a drug to experiment and have no data, safety data on pregnancy, you'd never wanna pick a drug that's gonna have a massive inflammatory reaction because it's gonna kill pregnancies. I guarantee it will. And I guarantee you this vaccine has killed and injured a lot of pregnancies. The data that we put together and we published um, in the spring edition uh, is, is uh, I think, a, a very, very important study uh, I was the lead author on it, but there were several uh, incredible authors. Uh, Claire Rogers, uh, incredible uh, physician's assistant, also an incredible s statistician, PhD in mathematical modeling that did the most incredible um, job, and, and I really learned a lot. I've, I'm familiar with statistics, but Michael Deskovich, he's a PhD mathematical modeler from Denver, and just a brilliant gentleman, young man. Learned a lot from him. And then Stuart Tankersley, a, a medical uh, whistleblower, military whistleblower, a dear friend from, uh, and good, very, very strong um, researcher. And he's from Montgomery, Alabama. Several others, um, you know, Dr. 
Peter McCullough. Uh, he needs no introduction, the, the most published cardiologist in the world. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. Um, other authors, I, there's Megan Redshaw. Uh, she's a chief counsel for Trial Site News, a top-notch team on there. And what we did was we decided to use the CDC and FDA data because that's what it was designed to do. It was designed to determine safety signals after rollout. We went, I went very carefully in the FDA and CDC website, and of course they have very stringent uh, criteria about what they want you to do and how they want you to do it. And, and quite frankly, they want you to do it in a way that is kind of cheating statistically. And, and the reason why it's cheating is because they want a, what we call a proportional reporting ratio, PRR, where you can uh, compare a novel vaccine, in this instance, COVID-19, with a well-established safe vaccine, which we used influenza. That's fine. I, I said, we're not going to change anything. That's not a really valid way to look at safety data because, you know, it gives the novel vaccine an unfair advantage in showing benefit, right? Um, because it only stands to reason. We took, um, the, the influenza vaccine was accepted, um, promoted by the FDA for safe use in pregnancy in 1997. So uh, middle of 1997. So we started our study after that. So it was January 1st, 1998, and we analyzed all the data up until June 30th, 2022. So that's, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, not, not quite, I mean, we're looking at 282 months. Um, and then at that time, we only had 18 months of the COVID-19 uh, jabs, if you will, since they're, um, whatever you want to call that, vaccines and air quotes or jabs. It was actually, initially it was developed as an experimental gene therapy. It wasn't developed as a vaccine. So in deference to those uh, academicians that have that knowledge, I, I, whenever I use the term vaccine for COVID-19, I'll use just to honor you, I'll, I'll put it in air quotes. It's important to understand why they did that. And, and I'll make one other, there's never been a randomized controlled prospective placebo controlled trial. Think about this, Taryn. Never ever been one of any vaccine that's on the market, never. Now, when you say, well, well why is that? And I'll say, well, um, for example, in 2020, um, I was so concerned about rolling out the vaccine is that I designed, I've, I've carried off a lot of clinical trials and designed them myself in, in my career and I've published them. Um, so I, I have the statistical um, research expertise to do that. So I decided how I would want to study this and I designed a randomized double-blinded placebo-controlled trial. It was pretty simple. Uh, it was all the metrics were intact. Uh, it was testing the hypothesis that there would be a, um, a fourfold increase in death over 10 years, and it would not be unblinded for 10 years, but there would be an interim analysis every year. That's what I wanted to do. I published that. I didn't carry out the study, but I did a lot of my own due diligence planning everything meticulously in the study because that's in my wheelhouse. So I did that and I published that on, uh, and I sent that to, to President, then President Trump and to 
uh, Dr. Fauci and uh, Bill Gates. And of course, I was mocked and derided for that because, oh, you can't do that. It's unethical. It's like, no, I see where you're going with this. Okay, you're trying to roll it out, you know, behind our backs and pretend it's safe in pregnancy. And that's a huge error. Don't, don't ever do, don't do that. It, you can't roll this out in pregnancy. Unfortunately, it was a fait complete. That was their plan all along, and they kind of modified their lie, saying, oh, we'll never mandate it in pregnancy, even the American College of OBGYN, but as that bribe from the Department of Health and Human Services was actuated in early 2021 through the CDC and the HHS and the American College of Obstetrician, there was a lot of very, very unethical immoral, quite frankly, illegal, very, very serious activity that took place. And we can talk about that later. Thank you for tuning in to this special edition episode of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, featuring the full-length interview of Dr. James Thorpe, who is in our documentary, Shot Dead, which you can view right now at shotdead.org. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, I encourage you to head to TarynGregson.com where you can sign up for our free newsletters. And when you do sign up for our free newsletters, you will get directly to your inbox our MMR resource guide, our HPV resource guide, our fluoride and aluminum resource guides, giving you the research, the history, the data behind all of these things. You can also check out our vaccine exemptions by state under the resource tab at TarynGregson.com. If you're looking for an exemption for your child to go to school or daycare, we will give you all that information by state. And you can also check out TarynGregson.com resources for information, breaking news, uh, clean living tips, recipes, you name it. We are trying to equip you in all ways um, to push forward for your family with true informed consent. Welcome back into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, a special Shot Dead edition featuring the full-length interview from Dr. James Thorpe, who is featured in our film and documentary, Shot Dead, which you can see at shotdead.org. And I so encourage this, this interview with Dr. Thorpe is so informative, but it is just beyond, it will blow you away to hear the stories of these families, of these mothers who lost their babies after receiving the COVID shot. You must see it and you must share it with your friends because this is the movie they do not want you to see. They are censoring us. Help support us by sharing it. Here is Dr. James Thorpe. It's important for you and the viewers to understand that when you have the way that the FDA and the CDC wanted us to report that, you're reporting it a risk between, a, a PRR, proportional ratio risk, between the symptoms or the complications in the novel vaccine, COVID-19, versus the influenza vaccine. So you can't, uh, uh, the PRR is, uh, was very, very high. I mean, the, the FDA and the CDC use a PRR of two or greater. Well, Taryn, you know, you've seen the data. <laughs> the, the, the PRR for uh, the menstrual issues is not two. It's not 200. It's 1,200. People get really confused with that because they say, okay, that, that doesn't make sense. You know, if a woman has 
say 5% of women have a menstrual abnormality of some type or another. That may or may not be true. I'm just, in my clinical experience, that, that might, might be true, but uh, somewhere around there. But then, Dr. Thorpe, how can you have a 1,200-fold increase? At most, you could only have a, 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 a what, a 20-fold a increase. 20 times 5% is 100%. So it's impossible to have more than a 20-fold increase. No, that's an odds ratio or a relative risk. And the only way that you can obtain a odds ratio or a relative risk is not with a PRR. You're looking at a totally separate metric. You're looking, you'd have to do a vaccine compared with a placebo, kind of like I wanted to do. Had that study been implemented that I planned, an interim analysis one year afterwards, according to the VARES data, would have been associated with, it would have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that the vaccine was killing patients. How do I know that? Because of the data that Ferris reported themselves. So, so I was dead wrong. You know, I only contemplated a, a four or five fold increase in death over 10 years. I was dead wrong. There was a massive increase in just six months and it would have showed up on the study that I planned. Which brings me full circle, that's why they didn't want it done it would have stated the truth. And that's why there's never ever been another randomized placebo-controlled uh, study ever on any vaccination that's currently in use. The emperor is pretty ugly and he's bare naked. He doesn't have any clothes on. And this is continuing to be propagated um, much like you would propagate uh, other lies and, and uh, data that are, are not really accurate. I think that's how I feel about their methods of analysis. They haven't truly analyzed vaccines in an appropriate method. Well, first of all, I, I, um, I've spoken with, uh, obviously, with Tori, um, and we spoke a lot about the baby that she lost. Obviously, it's Naomi. It's 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 a very it's fresh. You know that it's earlier this year. I spoke with her mommy and her daddy um, for for a long time, and uh, it's it's very concerning. As I understand it, I, I looked at. I was asked by the patient, and I'm not a physician. I'm not her physician. I'm not any members of her family's physician, so I'm not bound in, in any way. This is not a HIPAA violation. Um, she asked me to talk about this, and, and she's not my patient. But having stated that, she tells me that the baby was diagnosed with a congenital diaphragmatic hernia after birth. Um, and there was another problem that um, the baby was diagnosed with after birth, which is a, appears to be a malformation of a short umbilical cord. As I recall, the umbilical cord was only 10 centimeters, and an umbilical cord should be like 30 centimeters at about that gestational age. It's a very dangerous situation when a congenital diaphragmatic hernia is not diagnosed before birth, because as we spoke about the pathophysiology, if you will, when that bowel starts getting up, all the bowel goes up into the chest, and then that left lung, usually it's on the left side, Bosch-Delakian um, diaphragmatic hernia is on the left side, pushes the lung over there, the le left lung, 
And if it gets more up there, the right lung won't develop either because you need the, the, there's some really important parameters that you need the lungs to grow inside the chest. Number one, you need breathing movements. Number two, you need amniotic fluid. And number three, you need space. And if you're missing any one of those, then the baby's lungs may not mature, uh, may not grow. And, and the baby's fine in the womb because the placenta breathes for the baby, the fetus, the preborn. But as soon as you birth occurs and you clip that umbilical cord, then the baby can't sustain um, oxygenation, and then the baby will, you know, uh, die quite rapidly, unfortunately. And I, this is what happened. Uh, unfortunately, the the uh, diaphragmatic hernia was not um, was not diagnosed before birth, and and I looked at the ultrasound pictures, and I'm I'm not launching any criticism. That's just a fact of the matter. It, um, and but I think that she might. That, you know, there's no telling what would happen if they got this um, Naomi and Tori in the right hospital and they anticipated with all the emergency ventilating procedure. You, you can't orchestrate that after birth if you, if you don't anticipate it. It's usually a, a death knell. Um, and again, the, <clears throat> even, if the, even if under ideal circumstances, you know the mortality rate's pretty high. It's, it could be as high as 50%. So it's a very serious lesion, and, and that's very unfortunate. They ask the question, what, what caused this? And you know, my answer to them is what I would tell any patient what caused it, is that you, know, you can't assign a specific cause for, for a malformation like that. Um, because you know, say it occurs in, in 10,000 people, well, it, she might have been one in the 10,000 people. And then they press me on the issue with the vaccine, and is there any relationship with the vaccine? And I, I said, absolutely, yes. Anything, any vaccine like that that causes inflammation certainly has a potential of causing uh, any malformation because it's crucial to the development. Well, I, I think that I can certainly speak to the potential. I, I don't think that anybody can say uh, for certain that um, it's the vaccine that caused any specific outcome, um, but, but it's very suspicious. Thank you so much for tuning in to our special edition, Shot Dead of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. You know, we're, we have been promoting and talking about the film that we spent so much time on, and you guys have been so wonderful to support and to watch, and um, we are just so, uh, we're just so in awe of what God has done through this film and through so many that are now waking up and, and trying to see uh, the information for themselves, seek it out for themselves and their family. This is all about saving the children. Dr. Thorpe talks about it. You heard it in his interview. These families, uh, it will just make you want to jump on board and, and save every single child out there when you watch this film. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this special edition of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. If you enjoy our content, prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation at wethepatriotsusa.org so we can continue to power the education arm of our mission that also extends to work to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. God bless and thank you from everyone here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson presented by We the Patriots USA.
We the Patriots USA does not endorse or recommend any product or service advertised on this program. We the Patriots USA is not a healthcare provider and cannot provide medical advice or treatment.